Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brown Girl in Beijing podcast. It's a podcast about my Beijing life, and I'm your host, Dr. Baby. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Brown Girl in Beijing. Today we have a guest, another guest, ah! to find out who she is and what she does and why she's here and what we're going to talk about. You have to do what? Stay tuned. I know you've been jamming with your crew. You got to leave, but that one has one do. I want to put another wine on you. I got that good, 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 good. If I put it right there, would you wind up me? If I put it right there. All right. So today we have Miss Kendall Tyson. She is a licensed therapist. She's one of my good friends. I was really, really happy to meet her. Uh, that was July. July when I did the storytelling with Embassy. Uh, she was there. Uh, she also hosted the Transitions Workshop that the storytelling sort of, that was the event that sort of set up the workshop. Um, and so, super excited. Uh, I got to be on her channel yes. uh, a while ago. Uh, so Black and Abroad. I will make sure to link it uh, so that you can watch not only my episode, but everybody else's. Uh, she has a whole YouTube series for the month of February. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to let her do a little bit of talking. Just tell us who you are, where you're from, why you're here, how long you've been here, what you're doing, just the whole Everything. Beijing introduction. Yeah. Okay. I, it's so interesting because when I ask people who are you, they're always like, "Oh my gosh, that's so hard." And here I am in the yeah in the hot seat. Yes, and it's, ma'am. What do I say? Whatever comes out. Right. What do I say? Who am I? I I have all these things in my head that I want to say, and I'm like, "Oh, don't say that. Think that." <laughs> well, I'll just say one. I'm a really compassionate individual. I am a helping professional by nature, not just profession. I am, I would say, a charismatic, loving, kind, energetic, assertive um, boss lady that loves working with people, loves connecting with individuals, loves her family, um, loves her freedom, hence why I live in a whole other country, um, loves to engage in creative pursuits, and I love all things mental health and promotion of mental health and, and you know holistic wellness. I am a licensed therapist. I'm a, a certified professional school counselor. Um, I've been in Beijing since August the seventh, twenty eighteen. That's my China anniversary. Yeah. Um, so it'll be oh my gosh, five years in August. Oh. I did not think I would be here that long, but I am. Counselor at an international school. I run my own business, Inspire Counseling and Wellness Center, a virtual therapy practice and consulting business. Um, why am I here? I am here as a part of my journey, right? Okay. Self-discovery. It it has always been a long-held, deep desire from when I was young to travel abroad, live abroad, and China was not the place that I thought I would go. I was like dead set on Barcelona, Spain. I you know, have a degree from the University of Texas, business degree. I was gonna do study abroad in Barcelona. That didn't work out. 
I had this bug of like living internationally. And so when China came, I was just like, is this one of those moments where my mom would always say, don't block the blessing because it doesn't come in the packaging that you have formulated in your mind. And yeah, so I'm here to help people, you know, and grow. Um, help children, help families, help the black community in general, black community of the diaspora in general, have a good understanding, an accurate understanding of the importance of mental health breaking stigmas, you know, helping us to be free. Um, yeah. I, I, what else did I, did I miss something? I'm not even sure. I'm, <laughs> this was a journey. I just, oh my gosh, right? Um, I think that I'm a conduit for change and connection. Yes. Um, so yeah, there, there are so many doors that I've been able to walk through just being in Beijing for almost five years. And I think that I wouldn't have been able to do a lot of the things that I've been able to do here had I remained in the U.S. Um, so I'm grateful for the opportunity to you know, flex my independence, live abroad, grow as a person, um, be broken down to be built back up for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I can't say long story short. I, I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> Just honest. Yeah, yeah. and we appreciate it. We, I, yes. we appreciate that here. You know, everybody who has ever watched any of my vlogs or listened to any of my podcast episodes knows that I am definitely not short. Yes. Verbose. So. Verbose. It's a gift. <laughs> yes. You know, we a gift to gab. Talk yeah. it up. That's fine. Okay. So, as y'all know by now, we have no real structure for these these sit downs, right. these, these chat sessions. Um, but the one thing that, well, before I get into that, um, let me tell you why for me, Kendall and I sort of like connected, right? So, at the storytelling um, and listening to, you know, like who she was, because they introduced her a bit to introduce the workshop and everything. Uh, so listening to who she was, you know, this licensed therapist and, and being the certified school counselor. And I'm like, these are things that are familiar to me, right? right. Having gone to Hampton for my master's in school counseling, big up Hampton HU. Right. Uh, and then getting my PhD in school counselor education and supervision. And for me, like I talked a little bit about, you know, being here and working on my, my PhD and not being able to go back and sort of close, close the, the I guess, yeah. Right. And even that, you know, like if we go back a little further, when I lived in Hampton, uh, so between 2010 and 2016, I lived in Hampton and got my master's, took the um, certification exam, mm -hmm. passed it, needed to get hours. The job that I worked right after my master's, it was... Interesting? Interesting. That's the word. <laughs> it's the catch-all. <laughs> it was interesting. Okay. And I didn't know how to broach the subject of meeting supervision hours i didn't know how to because i didn't i didn't know what we were doing right 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 and so i worked
none of that counted. And there were a lot of things that I what? didn't really understand. Oh, wow. Uh, and, like, okay, so for me, being from the Bahamas, having to talk about, like, getting hours for licensure, yeah. stuff like that, that was a foreign concept right. to me, right? And living in the Bahamas, I didn't have yet a desire to go into the mental health field. I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. And so that's what, yeah. and with being a teacher, you don't have to be licensed. Like it's not a license, you don't have to take like the practice or anything. When you go to the University of the Bahamas, you go through the four years or <laughs> however many extra <laughs> Your time, right? right. Um, you go through that time, and then you end with the teaching practice, which is like an internship, mm -hmm. um, for 10 weeks, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And once you graduate, then you are basically certified to be a teacher. Okay. And so now, coming to the United States and deciding that, okay, I'm going to do this counseling thing, and they start talking about licensure and needing these hours and all So now you have to look up, you know, like look up by state, what's required by your state. Yeah. And so like licensure wasn't even really on my mind, even up to the ending of my degree. Um, and I know I, I probably made my professors a little disappointed because uh, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm, what's supposed to happen here. Um, and so I couldn't get a job in the school, um, like applied, whatever, didn't get anything and got this job as a therapeutic day treatment counselor. And mm, I can only imagine. Man. <laughs> yes, I know. That was a time in my life. Yeah. Um, we praise God for bringing me through. Yes. <laughs> yes. But that was one of those where, you know, like I complained to my parents and my father is just like you you have to do what you have to do before you get to do what you want to do. So this is one of those moments where you just, you have to bear down. Yeah. And just, you, yeah. Can you repeat that statement again? <laughs> what your daddy said? That you have to do what you have to do before you get to do what you want to do. Bookmark that, y'all. <laughs> I'm putting it on a post-it note. <laughs> nah, he is. He, listen, if you listen to my father, you're going to catch, catch some pearls with him. <laughs> you will. It might be wrapped up in some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. you get something. Very well seasoned. <laughs> you will get something. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, like I went through that. Um, never really bothered with licensure and didn't know like exactly what I needed. And even for my certification, passing the test was you know only one step. Right. You need to get those hours. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And then in, that was 2013, uh, in 2014, I got accepted into the PhD program and worked uh, for a counseling center, uh, worked sort of like as a doctoral intern, mm -hmm. um, and then also, you know, they started a therapeutic day treatment program, and so I got to be the assistant program manager for that, mm -hmm. um, based on what I had already done. And again, you know, it was just like, I had put in this work for the past year, two years, but none of it counted towards, like I couldn't, I couldn't back, right. <laughs> backtrack or right. whatever. Um, and that was a little bit discouraging. Yeah. Uh, and then in 2016, I had to leave 
um, and go back home. And so it was just like, yeah, okay. We're just not gonna be licensed. Yeah. And then my, my application for the MBCC um, certification expired. Mm. Uh, and so it was just like, all right, that, <laughs> that stage of my journey just, yep, yeah. and it's fine. Um, and so that, that for me was, I don't know, I had mixed feelings about it uh, because it's like a, like I didn't fully complete, I didn't fully complete this stage, mm -hmm. but also what would I have done with it? Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't staying in the United States. Yeah. I don't know if that's ever going to be a place that I go back to to live. So it's like, what am I, what would I have done with it? It would have just been extra letters behind my name that so, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, all right. A lot to process. Yeah. Still. Um, so, yeah. So, listening to, because this all started with, <laughs> listening to, you know, who she was and, and uh, what she'd done, um, I was like, this could be, you know, somebody good to know. Uh, and so that night, now, y'all know me. I'm an introvert. And... When it comes to new people, I'm not the one to always take the initiative. So I'll be like, hey girl, hi, and then go about my business. <laughs> and we just won't talk again for the rest of the night. But I'll be thinking in my head like, oh, she seems like a really cool person. <laughs> I don't know how to make friends, y'all. Yeah. At 33, I'm not, I'm not good at it. Not alone. So I remember um, it was, it was after the event. We were both standing outside of the, the hotel, waiting on DDs, um, and I was just, I was just talking to her, and it's like, oh, we have some things in common, blah blah blah. She's like, oh yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, and then my DD came. I'm like, okay, bye. And I was it. <laughs> Did not know if I would ever see this woman again. <laughs> and so fast forward to season two of Brown Girl in Beijing, uh, where I talked a bit about my whole my own mental health journey. Yeah. Um, and told y'all that I had resources. You know, if you were in Beijing, I had resources. She was one of the resources. She didn't even know it. <laughs> I'm happy about that. I'm happy. So I'm like, yeah, I know people have not spoken to this woman since. <laughs> right? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know people. And so somebody basically, like, they were like, all right, Shannon, like, what are the resources? Um, what can I have? I'm looking for something. I'm like, oh, yeah, one second. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to reach out to Kaylee. Okay. Who, Kaylee had found you. I don't remember how she found you. I think Kaylee and I met through Mark at okay. this event. Um, what was that? What was that interesting event? It was some date night, date night oh, time. Oh, date night, yeah. And we met there. Um, yeah, because I've known Mark for a minute. Okay. Um, and that's when I met Kaylee, but didn't know her, know her. Right. So I knew that Kaylee knew you because she shared something of yours, okay. like maybe a flyer. And I'm like, oh, I know this person. Um, and so I reached out to Kaylee and I'm like, hey, do you have Kindle's contact? Um, like I told somebody, you know, I knew therapists here and I want to be able to pass that information along. Um, so I had Kindle's contact and also my own therapist that I, I passed along. Um, so I added Kindle. I'm like, hey, um, 
I'm just reaching out because I'm sharing your contact information with somebody else and I didn't want like I didn't want to do that and not give you the heads up. <laughs> so just letting you know. And then from there, you know, a friendship blossoms. Right. Yeah. Uh, and we I don't remember I don't know, like we just talked, just check in. Um, there was one point where, so Kendall had started going to uh, home plate for the, the quiz nights on Thursdays. Um, and I don't, I don't usually go out during the week when I'm working. And so I wouldn't go. So right. I, we never saw each other there. We still haven't. No. <laughs> My life has been toxic term. No. <laughs> oh, but. So it always happens that uh, when I went, she wasn't there. Yeah. And then when she went, I wasn't there. So at one point they thought that we were the same person. <laughs> um, but yeah, we started being able to just hang out a little bit more. Um, so if she's doing something, she'll text me like, hey, do you wanna do this with us, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah, like, cool, let's go. You know, if I'm doing something, try to do the same thing. Um, and then through her, like I've met a group of other just black women. Um, and that's been a blessing to me uh, because you don't realize how much you miss it until you get it back. Yeah. And it's really like, I love my friends of different cultures, different races, ethnicities, love. But there is something magical. Yeah. About like something goosebumpable, <laughs> just about being in the presence of black women, like black my people. But yes, like-minded black women. Like, it's just like electric. I agree. Um, and that's been something I think, I've been here almost five years, that I was longing for. I I, I love a multicultural crowd. Yeah. But there's, there's a veil of misunderstanding and disconnect to some yes. degree. Yeah. Right? When it comes to the experiences that you have. <laughs> A lot of them don't understand what it's like to be walking down the street. You got you get recorded, yep. you know, you get touched on, yep. you get stared at. Right, right, right. And I'd be like, don't pull too tight. You might pull it off. <laughs> right. But, and if it ends up in your hand, what's going to happen? Exactly. <laughs> so it's, I get what you're saying. There's just a deeper level of connection. There's a through line of understanding. There is peace and joy, laugh at anything, kiki, yep. you know, there's a it's a vibe it is and man. it's something that as black women living abroad especially in china you have to have yes to thrive yes not survive thrive yes yeah no that's a word yeah that's a and it what i love most is like for me it doesn't matter if that black woman has come from the West Indies, right. from the United States of America, from the, one of the many countries in Africa. It doesn't matter where she comes from. Like, it is still a vibe. It is. It's still a, we find, even if, you know, the accent is a little bit difficult to understand. I know for some people, when I start speaking, when my Bahamian accent comes out and I start speaking very quickly, it's like, <laughs> but you get the gist. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you get you get the gist and we we're rocking. We we moving through the conversation. Yeah. And it's just it's just so much I can't it's so much fun. It's right. so much fun just having those connections. Yeah. Um and like for me I I don't like to go out much. Um 
love to stay at home. And even when I'm doing things that I enjoy, or I know I'm going to do something that I'm going to enjoy, I'd still rather be in my own space. Yeah. That's just, once I'm out, it's fine. Right. But making, like, making that sacrifice and being rewarded in that way with that company, with those people, um, it's just, it's heartwarming. Um, being a thousand miles away from home and, you know, being in China is very convenient. Like, I do love it here. Um, I love that my nail, so my nail broke. Uh, I don't even know what I was doing, but it, it popped off. And I picked up my phone, went on May one, ordered some glue. Um, I had some trash bags so that he wouldn't just bring glue. <laughs> but ordered some glue and some trash bags, and in... 45 minutes, my nail was fixed. Yeah. I mean, not like fixed, fixed, but fixed enough to where, haha, right. you can't see that it's broken from far away. Right. And that's not something I can do at home. <laughs> and so, you know, like being here is very, very convenient. Um, but without that community, it is. Having, having friends, it is like, like you say, like it is really nice to have um, friends from different cultures um, and to have that, that multicultural crowd and you gain an understanding of different cultures right um, you gain um, sort of a deeper sense of empathy uh, for people when you understand a little bit more about their backgrounds but there are always gonna be just those like inside jokes kind of thing that you have one set of people that you don't have with another set of people and it it's just, it's nice to have both. Yeah. It's nice to have both sets of friendships. I think they're both necessary. Yeah. Right? Just with where we are, we're, it's a global community. Um, we're connected to so many different people. We all work in international schools for the most part. Yeah. So being able to, I would say, ebb and flow out of these different organizations, communities, people is a skill, right? However, being able to spend time with your folks, whoever, you know, black women of all over the world, it just, it's like floating on a raft, right? There's a level of security and safety and just comfort and ease mm -hmm. that if I've had a hard day at these international schools that I work with where I feel sometimes these people don't really understand me, my perspective, the life I've lived and how all of that enriches the work that I do, I get to go and spend time with these individuals that I don't have to explain that to. That's the part. Right? It's just like, one of the days, yeah. Or when it's joyful, when something really works out, it is permeated throughout everybody. Everybody gets it. Yeah. And they're happy and celebratory. It's, it is, it is, it's a healing experience. Yes. That one has to have to really have a thorough experience here in Beijing. I don't know how it is in other countries. You know, I have friends in Portugal that say the black women community there is fire. Mm. Um, and I'm like, I think we all have similar experiences to have, because we clearly all have something in common. We're all risk takers, obviously. obviously. You know, we all, I would imagine, right, beat by the, by the seat of our, I, I'm getting this wrong. <laughs> Flying by the seat of our pants. Not even that. Beat oh. by the tune of my own drum. That's oh. right. I was like, that idiot was escaping me. <laughs> and 
we're creative. Like we do more than what we're here for. Yes. So we've been able to help each other grow, not only personally, emotionally, but business-wise. We collaborate, we share. It is just like an exponential level of connection, like a spider web. Yeah. I saw that um, analogy today, a spider web where I connect you to this person and we connect, but it's not transactional. I don't like transactional relationships. Mm -hmm. It's deeper than that, right? Um, it's like there's levels to it. So, yeah. I don't even know what the initial statement was. I don't yeah. know either, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is, because something you said, um, you know, like working in these multicultural environments, yeah. um, because everybody is here in yeah. Beijing, all the expats they need jobs, right? And so working in these environments where you're working with people um, from different countries and you 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 constantly have to like answer these questions, you feel like you have to explain yourself because um, stuff just gets lost, even though we're both speaking English, like we're speaking different right. kinds of English, right. obviously. Um, but when you come back to your people where you don't, don't have to answer questions like you can just it's a recharging moment yeah and that's what I try to get people to understand about me I work with sixth graders I get asked questions all day long right <laughs> I told I'm seriously gonna invest in one of those clickers that um, people use to count how many people are in the space just to count how many times my name is called how many times I hear Dr. E, Lao Shur, teacher right how many times just in a 40 minute class period because after that, I don't want anybody else to ask me any more questions. Don't ask me to explain anything, especially as a grown adult. Please don't. I don't have the mental capacity yeah. to explain what this is for you right now. Yeah. Please, please. So being, being in that space where I can just sort of like... It's just... Yeah. Really, really nice. Yeah. It makes me think about when we all went to uh, the Van Gogh Alive exhibit. Yes. Like, it's the dead of winter, so it's cold. And, but so, to be able to just choose to collectively go do something fun. And it just reminds me we were in the sunroom, the sun, the sunflower room. And we have like a full-on photo shoot. <laughs> and people around just like... They just what look at I mean, we style, we profile, we posing, the lighting, everything. Yes. That is what it, 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 man, it's just like that communal support. It's just, all right, let's just, let's just, and then we went to eat, right? I, I think eat, you went you know, somewhere else, Yeah, though. I had something else to do. I can't remember what I had to do, but I, I couldn't go eat. And, oh, and, and this is making me think about, that at the end of the exhibit, we're in the gallery jamming. Mariah Carey, Maggie Face. Like we have a full on concert. No, y'all. Full on concert. It was everything. <laughs> That's it. That's it. No, That's really it. Good. Other people can't, other people don't do it. I don't see it. And if they do, it looks weird. It does, right? <laughs> I, you know, no shade on anybody else. We don't really get off on getting drunk and toting each other down dirty who talk streets. I don't like the dirty hoop town street. <laughs> we don't. We don't carry each other. Like it's not. We ain't trying to drunkenly support no, each other. No. <laughs> that's that's too much work. No. No. But yeah, singing at art galleries. Uh, I forgot about that. I was thinking about that the other day. I was looking through the pictures. 
transformation that is yeah. happening over time. Sure. Um, that's like being here for 10 years and not understanding anything about the language. Well, you know, I like not, even if you don't speak fluently, you know, like for, for me, I've been here um, for almost four years and I can understand some things. I can't speak fluently, uh, but I understand some things and I can pick up little words, whatever, and I, because yeah. with, with Chinese, it is all about the context. Oh yeah, and it's not of it. It's hard. So, you know, like in the context of, I've ordered food and my why my delivery guy has called and you know, he's like, why my dollar? Food is here, good. Or one called me yesterday um, and he, I think he was asking me if he was supposed to come to the East Gate, but I heard Dong Men. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, oh, Dong Men. Like in his string of Chinese words, I heard Dong Men. So I'm like, hey, Dong Men, wait. He's like, okay. What did that mean? East Gate. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Um, and yeah, he showed up, gave me my food. We good to go. And so it's, it's like you pick up, you pick up little things. If you try. Yeah. Um, and and sometimes even if you, well, that's the thing that gets me. Because even if you don't try, like, I don't know. I feel like if you hear something over and over and over again, your brain starts to connect right. that phrase with, like, that situation. Um, and so, you know, like, subconsciously you sort of pick it up. So I feel like it would be very, very difficult for you to be here for an extended period of time and just not, there's no difference. Right. That's, that's what. No engagement with the culture. I've, I've seen it. Like, <sighs> communication is, irritates me. girl, <laughs> communication is so important. I think one of the things that I, I struggle with is not knowing how to articulate what I need, how I feel, and having learning just very beginner Chinese. Um, even being able to talk to the sure food. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, Google Translate can only get you so far. Yeah. Right? But it's it's like the intentionality. I've chosen to come live in this place, so I'm going to intentionally try to engage with it in authentic ways that are helping me learn and grow and connect and really become a part and take take part in this full experiment. And it just, it, it baffles my mind, individuals that come and are just anti yeah. everything, Chinese culture, I'm just, and, and I'm, I'm like, why are you here? Why are you here? Not a, I once, there was this, um, this guy that briefly, very briefly, um, <laughs> you know, talking and I think I told him that I had like leftovers that I wanted to eat for dinner uh, before he and I met up. And he, he, he said, well, what do you have for leftovers? And so I described it and it was Chinese food. And he's like, oh, why are you eating that? Thanks. What about this? Chicken feet. <laughs> and we don't, we have chicken feet 
Uh, but yeah, like nothing. Come on, what are we? But there are some, and I, I, that bothers me. Um, when you know you come across people that sort of just live in their own little bubble here, um, and they don't, they choose not to. Like they make the active choice not to just interacts with anything yeah. and the elements of this culture yeah. and that's just like it is why are you here yeah what did you come for um if you don't want to interact right and it's really easy to do right the international community is quite it's small because it's so interconnected um but I just don't understand. I, I may not like everything that happens in China, but I don't like everything that happens in the US either. But it's to be able to, and I think this lends itself to the kind of work that we do, honestly, the people that we are, when it comes to being multicultural and culturally competent, to be able to appreciate the nuances in the cultures that we are guests in right um, because we would like that same level of appreciation and respect for ours Dwight. again we know how it is for people to extrapolate all the good things out of our culture but not have a full appreciation yeah. for the, the wholeness of who we are as people so I think as a professional part of the reason I'm a professional is so other people don't have to experience some of the hurts and traumas that I have so I think that's the lens that I kind of work through when it comes to how can I better understand the culture that I'm living within, mm -hmm. because I know how it feels for folks to take what they want but not appreciate the whole. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, and it, it one of the I think interesting things is uh, you take you take like our music, mm. you take our food, uh, you take these things that do look. They look so appealing um, without or while you ignore what those things were born out of. Um, and I think that's, yeah. it's like, you're really not, you're <laughs> really not taking, you're taking the tip of the iceberg exactly. and, and running with it, ignoring everything else. Exactly. Um, and I, it isn't, it isn't fair because uh, then we don't really understand each other. I think it becomes a lot easier to dismiss mm -hmm. you know when somebody's going through something because you've only you've only ever bothered to look at surface things you've right. only ever bothered to accept surface things right. um, without having that full appreciation for everything that's gone into making this culture what it is everything that's gone into making these people who they are yeah. Um, so yeah man. it is that will segue us into our our last area of, of discussion uh, um your word for the year okay. uh, so we've talked about you've talked about being this way talked yeah. about talking about doing you know setting out to do something and doing it so please share with everyone your word for the year my word for the year um is definitely it's intentional and i use that word because i'm Trying to, I'm involving myself in so many things that stretch me and, and it is uncomfortable and I don't like to be uncomfortable. Um, I was just talking to my mom this morning and I've really been in a place where I'm engaging in these new things and dealing with all the imposter syndrome that comes with it and that can, that can trickle down into 
how I, how motivated am I to finish the work, follow through, follow through was a word the other year, uh, but <laughs> with intentional, it's a reminder that this is what you want, so you have to do things on purpose yeah. to move in that direction. So I have to really ask myself every day, is what you're doing right now intentionally moving you in the direction that you said you want to go? It's a literal kick in the butt every day. And some days it's like, uh, no. <laughs> and I'm going to still be like this for 30 minutes and then I'm going to get up and be intentional. And then most days it's like, yeah. But then I realized with my word is the fact that it is my word shows that I'm being more focused. And I don't give myself credit for that. As I'm sitting here saying it out loud, I've been in the process. The fact that, y'all I'm so emotional right now. Ah! Just like the fact that to, to have a desire, to have a hope, to know that God has more. Come on. You know, I'm so emotional and I know that it's okay to cry. It is. Uh, um, <laughs> doing, not to run away from the calling that you have. So, being intentional has, using that as my word for the year, has helped me to understand that there are so many parts of the journey that will make you uncomfortable, but you're going to grow from it. But in order to get to that thing that is laid out for me, just for me, I have to, on purpose, choose the path that is going to stretch me the most that is going to create ways for me to trust that God has already figured it out. And I find it like I am an independent individual. I like to figure things out. And all this is a trauma response for sure. Um, but being intentional, has, using the word intentional is a constant reminder of checking my actions. Right? Um, checking the words that I'm using, helping to keep myself in alignment with the purpose that I know is for me and the things that I said that I want for myself. So it also helps me to re remember that it's a process. Um, nobody wants to suffer. Nobody wants to go through, you know, the difficulty, but that is what separates the dreamers from the doers. It's the intentionality behind your actions. And so, I say all that to say my word is intentional for 2022. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I can't do it in, in the little words now. No, that's all right. We went to church. Listen, <laughs> that's okay. What's your word for you? Um, mine is contentment. Um, that's right. That's contentment. right. Contentment. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, so I started doing this this um, devotional, this year long devotional with Divine. Shout out to Divine. Uh, we started on my birthday, uh, January 16th, and it's with Joyce Meyer. And Love Joyce Meyer. Same. Uh, and a couple of weeks ago, the devotional followed uh, being content. And, you know, there was this thing she was just like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you, you have to remind yourself, I choose to be content. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay, we're going to do it. Uh, and so this was like a Thursday or a Friday. Um, and I'm like, we're doing 
Monday. This was just before school opened up. Um, so first week of school, first day of school, um, I said I choose to be content. And you know, I had a really good day. Uh, it was pretty much smooth sailing the whole day. And I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. Second day of school, I choose to be content. <laughs> Everything hit the fan. Tested. Everything. And honestly, this is, we've just finished week three. Um, and it's just been a very trying time. And there was one period where I admittedly, I lost my cool. Um, a student did something and I had the whole class and I just got so angry that I wanted to cry. Um, and I did act out of anger. And his response to me was so calm. Cause I think he, like he saw it, <laughs> he saw something snapped in Dr. E and he was like, she is not playing. Right. <laughs> and so he's like, okay. <laughs> and after, after the, the class, um, I pulled him aside and I said, look, I'm very sorry. Dr. E should not have raised her voice to you. Um, thank you for doing X, Y, and Z. Um, I need us to, to make sure that from this point on, like we, we need to look out for each other. Right? You need to help me, I need to help you. You can't do X, Y, and Z in, front, in the classroom. Just while I'm teaching, you can't, you can't do it. Um, he's like, I understand, you know, like, we're fine. And then to the class, I apologize. You know, I'm like, doctor, you should not have, have said what I said I meant. The way that I said it, yeah. I should not have done that. Yeah. Um, you know that I, I don't like to raise my voice if you guys. Um, so like, I'm like, we need to work together. But it's, it was one of those things just kept building and building and building and building. And I just, I couldn't hold it any longer. Um, and then you have to go back because it's like, oh, I'm tired, I'm ready to go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then you have to go back to, I choose to be content. Mm -hmm. Like I, I choose to focus on, on, like yes, I feel these feelings. I have these feelings. I feel these feelings. But I choose now to focus on the fact that I do have a job, the fact that I do get to invest in the lives of these children, um, the fact that I love these children, uh, and like these, these things, because Romans 8 and 28, mm. all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and, the, and are the called according to his will and purpose. I believe that I am called according to the will and purpose of the Lord. So I believe that all things are going to work together for good. And so I am content in knowing that even if in this moment it doesn't feel good, in the end, all things work together for good. And so yes. I have those, just like you say, like you have those moments where you're not living out your word um, and you have to take stock. Mm -hmm. Is this me being content right now? No. Okay, we gotta shift gears. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to be intentional about being content. <laughs> mm, I'm, I'm, I'm working on contentment. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a daily growth exercise. Yes, me. Um, but I, I think that it also helps me to recognize that I really, I'm really strong-willed, <laughs> and it has taught me to. 
again, seek what it is that I'm wanting to move toward as opposed to focusing what I feel is lacking in my life. Um, and really breaking that stronghold on choosing to do it alone. Because it's, it's a lot of fear and discomfort in inviting people into an area that you feel a bit insecure about, but also knowing that while everybody doesn't deserve to be in that space, there are people that have demonstrated themselves to be trustworthy, but you have to know that you deserve that. You are worthy. Come on. And merch. Right. And give yourself that gift of ease and sharing and having support, which helps you to feel more content and keeps you in alignment with being intentional. Yeah, see, I'll see how we tie that all together. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. All right, man. That's, that's, because we could actually be here all day. Go on. We could. Not a problem. Uh, but not right now. <laughs> <laughs> we got to say that. That's season four. Right. Right. Because we're thinking future. <laughs> we just need a, a Shannon and Kendall show. Hey. She says it. We, that's what we need. The traveling therapist. watching and listening to another episode of the brown girl in beijing podcast don't forget to like share subscribe and turn your notifications on for more brown girl in beijing content see you soon